1: Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot by with Hunt and Withrow across the Outkick Network, the Thursday edition. If you're with us, YouTube, Twitter, X, Outkick.com, Facebook, so many other places, including this great radio partner. We say thank you for watching or listening. 6th and their location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. It is the weekend, Chad. You declare Thursdays the weekend.
2: and Yes, every time. Look, Wednesday's a new Thursday. Think about that. Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> so it's like you're watching Thursday night football on a Wednesday. Oh, but by the way, it's actually Thursday. There is Thursday night football tonight, and the weekend has arrived. Enjoy, everyone. Are you looking forward to Bears
1: Commanders tonight? I'm not. Oh, quite frankly. Well, you get to. I'm go. glad you asked. Cotton. We, we do I'm enjoy not. the the car accident, car wreck, car crash. Get a chance I, to see that.
2: Um, we have our eliminator picks later.
1: Yep. Maybe a tease for that?
2: Maybe going to this game. Okay. Maybe trying to eliminate one wow. bad team off my ledger tonight in picking to win. Chet, I'll let you guess who that team is yeah, in this matchup. It's not Chicago. Nope. It is
1: not. Ted, Tez Walker is back uh, and, and he's able, he's eligible to play a wide receiver who uh, transferred to UNC. He's been cleared to join the program after that access was denied just before the start of the season where Mac Brown and uh, those uh, the leadership at UNC went all in against the NCAA. And the NCAA today in the now ruling him and doing the about face and ruling Tez Walker eligible said what, Chad, to this? So,
2: they came back and this is a statement th- uh, from Charlie Baker, I guess through his office, quote, this is how it begins, which I love. It is unfortunate that UNC failed to provide this information, the important information previously. While we must be careful, pop-up ad in, right in time, while we must be careful not to compromise the student-athletes' right to privacy when it comes to sensitive issues, we want to assure the D1 membership and everyone watching how the new transfer rules are applied that this meets the new transfer waiver standards. UNC's behavior and decision to wage a public relations campaign is inappropriate and outside the bounds of the process UNC's own staff supported. Had the UNC staff not behaved in this fashion and submitted the info weeks ago, this entire unfortunate episode could have been avoided. No one does bitter as well as the NCAA. They came back after all this basically being shamed into wow. allowing Tez Walker to play. That's it. But they open it by saying... It's unfortunate that UNC failed here. It's unfortunate they didn't give us all the info before. Now that we have all the info, we're going to allow him to play. We are so great and sanctimonious that we will do the right thing and allow him to play, but how dare you, Mac Brown? How dare you, UNC, challenge our authority, challenge our ruling before? This is what the NCAA does well. They hold grudges. They do, but...
1: All sides, my overall thoughts on this, all sides handled this the right way. Mac Brown and UNC went to bat for a player and the overall, quote unquote, welfare of him playing football, the sport he loves. And in this case, in this era, in this landscape of college athletics, no harm, no foul here. Um, period. Um, based on, he didn't play a game in his first uh, school due to COVID and he was transferring, uh, that should be considered a first-time transfer uh, based on transferring during that season. And he should be eligible, and he wasn't eligible immediately. It boggles the mind, really. But the NCAA being, being willing to be so pissed off at UNC that they took another look at this based on new info and did the right thing. Props. Props to UNC for going to bat putting this into the public light and allowing everyone to discuss, okay, what's really going on here? They're worried about uh, professional photos on campus, on, on recruiting visits, but you can't take anything into consideration on a second time transfer based on the COVID year. It, UNC handled this the right way. And so did Tez Walker, by the way, who stuck through this and releases statements alongside the NCAA and with UNC, thanking those that went to bat for him. I, I think this is a win-win-win, and the, the NCAA, at least, you know, all you know high and mighty, quote-unquote, I don't believe that, they, you know, puffed their chest at this thinking, oh, we, we slapped UNC on the wrist, but we're still doing right by the player, and that's because of us, not because of them. No, it's because of everyone involved, and I hope more programs treat this like UNC did instead of the opposite way, which is to pipe down and be quiet, because that doesn't work you have to get the NCAA's attention through media sources, fans, other outlets, and the Tar Heels did that. Unfortunately, it happens in week six.
2: And Mac Brown commented on this on Monday and said, uh, Bubba, who hired him, Bubba Cunningham, who's the AD at North Carolina, he said, he hired me to look out what's best for our student athletes in the football program. That's what I was doing when he got hot and bothered about the first ruling and issued that statement on behalf of yeah. Tez Walker. But he said, I'm, I think he knew what was coming down the road at that point. He said, I decided to get back to coaching the football team and letting everyone involved with this process work it out after I release my statement, and I'm going to kind of move away from it at that point. And this is why. He probably knew this decision was coming. I'd also say if, in fact, there was some pertinent bit of information that UNC failed to mention the first go-around, they probably should have just done it all together. I don't know what the need was that if if they're so upset about this because of – this mystery thing that was going on with Tez Walker that they're not going to talk about. Just go ahead and include that, whatever information they I, gave him the first time. Yeah. And
1: I, I mean, it allows everyone to speculate, but I, I brought up the Tez Walker situation, just like with um, the, the left tackle at Colorado that tried to transfer and was denied. And they were citing, you know, mental health. And it was the, the story and the lawsuit against Kiffin and Ole Miss about the player who was citing mental health and wanted a couple of weeks off and was told, no, like, if you're not going to be a part of the team, you're out of here, and you're he still receiving the benefits of being a scholarship player. That's also kind of gone away uh, beneath the surface yeah. a bit. But he was citing mental health, and people were ripping Kiffin for it. And I'm thinking, well, the NCAA is denying eligibility based on the that these are the symptoms that these players are pointing to in one fashion or another. It could be deemed small in, in on on paper based on an explanation, but. They were also overlooking that and, and just dismissing it. And in this case, they didn't. I, I Again, it allows me to speculate that that's what this is about. And that was the evidence that was put forward based on whatever process Walker was going through. And I wonder, can Colorado do the same thing for their player on the offensive My line? My
2: guess is they didn't include whatever this is in the first Maybe one not, because yeah. they just thought it was so cut and dry, easy to let him play because he's moving back because home of the and COVID all that. Year. And they're thinking, like, of course they're going to allow this to happen. They're so shocked when yeah. they didn't. Yeah. Then they transfer, had to come back and go over the, the top rope and give whatever That's, other information right. was out there. And the NCAA knowing that the way they looked the first go around, because of Mac Brown's shaming of them, that with this new information they were going to have to let him play. Yeah. That's my guess. Chad,
1: uh, the NFL releasing a statement defending their coverage of Taylor Swift makes you think
2: of what? Well, I think a, a couple things here. Sauce Gardner has the NFL shook, first off. He did delete the post, but he retweeted the NFL changing their accounts to uh, Swifties 2-0 and in the NFL, and he reposted it and said, maybe if I was a Swiftie, they wouldn't have called that BS defensive holding on me uh, in the game, and we, we would have won. Now, he deleted it. Um, but just the fact that a star player – in and Soss Gardner is a star in the NFL. People know who he is. That there's even any speculation that the league favors the Chiefs now because of Taylor Swift and because they do all this with their, their accounts. And I'm sure they're hearing from a ton of Jets fans about it. They had to clarify, we do this stuff all the time. We change what our account says based on trending information within the league or within culture as a whole. This was a rare chance of pop culture intersecting with the NFL – and we capitalized on it, and that's why we did it. I I think we've probably reached the apex leading up to that Jets game of Swifty mania in the NFL. I think Sauce Gardner's comment, and I think some of the backlash now from diehard football people about it, it's going to lead to less and less Taylor Swift talk and coverage. Even Jason Kelsey on the New Heights podcast with his brother, was asked about it and said, the NFL's getting a little too excited about all this. NFL Network, little too excited about Taylor Swift stuff. NFL.com, all of it. They need to just chill a bit on it. I understand it's fun going to the suite and showing it and seeing famous people at a game. He understands all of that. But some of it is too much with the references to her songs and everything else. So here's the good news for all the diehard football people out there that don't care about Taylor Swift. Don't want to hear anything else about her. I think we're probably reaching that point where we're not going to be hearing as much about Taylor oh, Swift I anymore. Know.
1: I don't know. So here's the next. Here's the next uh, conspiracy theory on this. You ready?
2: Oh, I love conspiracy theories.
1: So Taylor Swift has this, uh, the movie for the concert, the the, the tour coming. The Eras right?
2: Tour concert. So, or uh, a the NFL tour.
1: behind the scenes asked network partners. NBC, ESPN, Fox, and CBS to show promos for her upcoming movie for free this, uh, through the New York Post. And ESPN and NBC, they ran these promos, uh, and they're promoting her movie that's being dropped out. If it's out there, it may not be. But if it's not out yet, you better believe this is just the surface of them sucking up to her. They want her on the Super Bowl halftime show in a massive way and this is the next level of laying down the golden carpet, not even a red carpet. See,
2: I hear all this, and I hate to do this because I do believe in love, but I hear all this, and I think, see, it's another marketing ploy. Oh, yeah, what's that? Are they really together, or is this just a connection with the manager to get her at NFL games, and she really likes Travis Kelsey so they can hang out together, and now she can promote her movie and do all this and get on the – I mean –
1: They did uh, confirm on Sunday Night Football that the – the ad campaign of whatever Taylor Swift is a part of, I don't know the, the, the client uh, or the product, but that did air and that was paid for, the 30-second ad. That was not free. Just, S- just so the movie promo.
2: What's crazy is, so the Taylor Swift, it's a, it's a one-time movie event. I'm trying to get more details on it. I think it's just playing one night. It set records for the pre-purchases. Eras Tour,
1: Friday, October 13th. Concert film will be released in theaters.
2: Yeah, uh but it's setting records for pre-purchase okay through some different websites of tickets and you continue to get the well, they do this at times where viewers. it's like one night only you can go watch this concert you know in the movie theaters
1: yeah i, I don't see, know if this
2: is a one-time only thing i though.
1: don't think it's a this is stopping anytime soon because the viewership continues to be up the demo is reaching a different audience i get we're gonna find like the next the next uh, report will be if is she gonna be at mile high
2: I, I think, I don't, maybe not. I, I think the network's going to start showing less of her in games. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. The Eras Tour, the cultural phenomenon continues to the big screen. Okay. Experience Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour concert film spanning a 17 year award winning, I love that, 17 year award winning musical career beginning October 13th, 2023. Immerse yourself in this once-in-a-lifetime concert film experience with a breathtaking cinematic view of the history-making tour that Ben Cesario of the New York Times called a cultural juggernaut. Taylor Swift era's attire and friendship bracelets are strongly encouraged to go to this movie. Oh, if
1: you're going to say you already know that. That,
2: that sold Matt over there. He just broke out his, his bracelets. Don't miss out. Get your tickets now. So it is something that's gonna air, It's going to be in theaters for a while. It's not a one-night deal. Can I make a confession right now?
1: You're gonna go see that? I
2: kind of want to. Oh, see it. Oh wow! I would not mind seeing this. Would Dennis Leary want you to go see this? I would never spend the money you to go that, to huh? this Taylor Swift. You like that, huh? Oh, you like that one, huh? What was the movie? It was um, oh gosh, uh, American Hustle. Yes, it was. Was the one that uh, he, for whatever reason, didn't like. I liked it. I like David O. Russell. So I would never spend the money to go to a Taylor Swift concert than what it costs to go to it. But when I sit in the theater and watch oh, you the say concert that now, but you experience, if you have two daughters, I would go, want go to see go see soon.
1: It. At some point.
2: They're not old enough to, like, At go see that or want to no, right not now. That. I'm saying the, uh, go oh, to a yeah, concert. yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I'm going to have to pony up. No, uh, there's no doubt about it. But if one of them wanted to go see this movie, would I sneak into the one going to see it? Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it. TV
1: executives are saying it's because the NFL wants her uh, to do the Super Bowl halftime show, which she's, you know, it's been the Pepsi halftime show, and she's been with Coke, and now it's Apple. And was there some dispute with Apple? Again, I... <sighs> They're, they're, they're doing everything possible. Hunt, I
2: can't keep all of Taylor Swift's beefs going. I, I don't know. But the, With
1: the viewership up, it, the female demo uh, up 40,000 from the previous week on Sunday Night Football. That's a low number, I guess, based on expectation. 27 million viewers, though, for Chiefs-Jets. And I said mile high. The Broncos visit Arrowhead in a week and a half. They are on the road this week in Minnesota. Do you think she'll be at the, at the Dome for the Vikings? I watch her go.
2: Probably. <laughs> I mean, if it's all a ploy, just the NFL doesn't need her to do the halftime show. First off. Oh, oh, like, well, well, hang on. Rihanna it, got the most views. It'll be the most viewed thing oh, but ever. It, but it'll be but the most. People viewed, but people are watching the Super Bowl in the halftime show regardless. It, yes,
1: but it, there will be more people. The it's going to be larger no matter what, every year. But I'm saying that the, the absolute jump, the leap to the next level of audience is massive. Well, we're talking worldwide. We're not talking. Yeah, it's we're not, not, talking it's just not in necessarily
2: the, the halftime show. Uh, is it's true for that? The Super Bowl, yes, more view. But we looked at it. A lot of them are in the last ten years. But there are years that have jumped. Where it's yes. not. It's not just a continuing. Oh, then it was this. The, then, it was Rihanna, then it was Rihanna. Then it was yeah. So I'm I'm acknowledging Taylor Swift will be the most watched halftime show ever. It will shatter Rihanna's record. It, I'm not, takes, it
1: takes the NFL that wants to be more global. They want to, be on, they want to play games on all these different continents. It's incredible to me
2: that the NFL would be that desperate for Taylor Swift to perform at halftime, that they would offer up a free movie promo oh. across every game on the network. But
1: just not, not even on any network. They're, they're encouraging the networks to air it. Now, NBC did it during their pregame saying, show. i said all of them. On Sunday Night Countdown or whatever but not on during the game. Football itself. Night in America. Football Night in America. Thank you.
2: Well, good for her. Yeah. She's really done well. Girl from Hendersonville, the,
1: Tennessee. This, pr- this promotion, this, this campaign, this fake love, has Chad wanting
2: to go see the heiress I would tour. have seen it before Travis Kelsey. I'm a fan of big performances. I like big productions, big performance. And you love this from the NFL. I would absolutely watch this concert. Big, I'd like to see big how it's performance structured. performance behind the scenes, for sure. Someone's performing. <laughs> Armando Salguero
1: joins us next here on Hot Mic. Sixth and Peabody are located with e Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Mike with Hutton and Withrow. And Armando Salguero, who joins Donovan McNabb for the five-spot podcast. Outstanding and also outstanding is his work at Outkick.com. Armando, great to see you.
3: Just call me Outstanding from now on. Stop calling me Armando. Armando, okay, Al- out-
2: Outstanding,
1: Salguero.
2: Yeah. Outstanding Salguero
1: with us on Hot Mike with, yeah. with Hutton and with Rope. So, not outstanding, I to the people. not outstanding is tonight's matchup on Thursday night football. Bears at Commanders. And the focus this week so far has been on Iberflus. And the short, uh, well, you've got the long weekend. The, the short bye, as many refer to it as, after Thursday night. But regardless of who loses this game, also, let's throw in Ron Rivera. What What is it like for Ron Rivera, knowing that we have also heard from Commander's ownership saying, well, yeah, Rivera's done a great job, but ultimately it's about wins, and I'm new here, and we're going to be evaluating everything. And they also have the enemy behind the scenes as the OC, and we know how bad it is in Chicago. Do you think we see a coaching change this weekend at one of those two spots?
3: Well, the – so let's let's handle Chicago first because they're the more likely team to nope, lose. Sure, based on what has happened so that, far. That, that
1: impacts that. the Rivera decision if they lose to Chicago. That's why I'm bringing it up.
3: No, definitely, definitely. Um, so Ereberflus, uh <laughs> is is an interesting guy to look at because here's a defensive minded coach a guy who's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL and his defense is bad in chicago never mind the fact that he hasn't developed the quarterback his defense is bad they blew a 28 to 7 lead last week against the previously winless denver broncos so you're you're not You're not doing such a great job when your specialty is, you know, blowing leads like that. The one thing that works on his behalf is if you go on the Chicago Bears website, the Chicago Bears website, (laughs) www.wesuck.com, you go on that website and look at their coaching staff, there is no coach with previous head coaching experience in the NFL, and I don't think in any uh, high league. So not in college either that I know of. He is a, is a young coach, a, a second-year coach, third-year coach, whatever, who didn't bring along a you know guru, so to speak, a guy that he could bounce ideas off of, and a guy that he could, you know, just go to for advice in tough moments. He doesn't have that. And the bottom line with that is, if you fire Matt Erebrifloos, who are you going to replace him with, interimly? Unless you do the Indianapolis Colts thing, and you go out and find someone who's played previously, or that you liked previously, like a Mike Singletary, and you bring him out. And that doesn't work. So what I'm saying is, it's hard to get rid of Matt Arab or Floos, uh here on an interim basis.
2: I would highly recommend not actually going to WeSuck.com as a URL. Oh, wow. You may not like what you find. Wow. Uh, Armando Salguero joining us right now. Um <laughs> Does Zach Wilson no longer suck Armando based on this one encouraging performance ended with a bad mistake that ended up costing the Jets the game. But I, Chris Collinsworth during the broadcast, I think he said it best. He said, you know, the kid is playing the quarterback position in the NFL tonight. He looks like an NFL quarterback the way he's playing this game.
3: And he looked like the better quarterback on the field, the best quarterback on the field. And that's saying a lot when Patrick Mahomes was the other guy. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions in that game. You could argue that he actually threw three interceptions in that game because one was nullified by a phantom holding penalty, which was a little weird. But nonetheless, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. And uh, when you come out of a game with a quarterback rating of 105.2 like he did, and you are the quarterback that went into the game with the lowest quarterback rating in the NFL, you can do nothing but take solace and and feel like you're improving, right? And that's exactly what the New York Jets believe that they are seeing, that he is a kid who is improving. And this is the one thing, I don't know about that because the Jets have kind of fibbed to us before about Zach Wilson improving but this is what I have seen when he came out after that game and he said this is on me this loss is on me because of the fumbled snap that was in stark and direct contrast to last year you remember that that terrible press conference where he was asked well how much of this is your fault do you feel like you have to take responsibility? And he said something like, mm, not at all. Yeah,
1: Nothing. he said the offense didn't hold the team back in that game. They scored three points. They lost
3: 10-3. Right. New so, he was
1: benched right after that.
3: So that's growth,
1: yeah. no? I mean, yeah. that's there,
3: improvement.
1: And the team, the team didn't trust him. His teammates didn't trust him. They didn't believe him. And I think what we saw the other night is – he's headed down the the better path there and he, he also has rodgers backing him and that carries a ton of weight in that locker room aaron rodgers anything that guy says is law
3: yeah uh, look a lot of that is so he learned at the knee of aaron rodgers for you know
1: well i'm not saying the improvement but the 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 team he's more in the he's in better graces with his teammates based on what Rogers says about him
3: Absolutely. And also based on what he's, they're yes. actually seeing. Yes. Uh, and, and that's what should be expected. No, I mean, people grow up. You would think. Eventually.
1: And, but they're no one Go ahead. Sorry.
3: No, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Well, I'm saying, and you mentioned the contrast to last year to this year. Think about Deshaun Watson's wearing the Captain C in Cleveland, and he's medically cleared to play and chooses not to. That's the drastic. Contrast to what we saw from uh, the about face comments from Zach Wilson, for instance.
3: Yeah, Deshaun Watson very disappointing last week, especially when in the mm-hmm. same in the same day and on the same day you have Derek Carr, whose whose shoulder is hanging off of you know like a, a string, and he decides, well, I'm gonna play anyway. Deshaun Watson, who had the day two days before said, I'm going to be fine, I'll play, and he doesn't show up. Uh, that's not going to win him a lot of courage awards. So let's put it that <laughs> way.
1: Hey, the, the other player to mention is Burrow, uh, who is, I mean, he's not just hurt. He's injured. And he's not on the injury report? Where did, uh, out of nowhere, uh, this guy's hurt. I don't understand how it's, uh, all of a sudden, the calf is no longer an issue. We We saw it right here in Nashville
3: last weekend. Well, he can't move basically, yeah. which is not, which makes him not Joe Burrow. It's not because Joe Burrow is this great dual threat quarterback. It's that Joe Burrow is elite moving around in the pocket. And that's how he gives his wide receivers time to get open. That's how he makes his hay. And by the way, he is the highest hay making guy in the NFL, but he's not playing like that. The Bengals are, as a result, not playing like that. And by his own admission, now they're in a must-win situation in week five of an NFL season, which is crazy. But also, on the bright side for him, supposedly the calf is feeling better, definitely better than it was two weeks ago. So if we see him moving around, biding time, not necessarily moving around to, you know, rush down the field and look like Amar Jackson, but moving around the pocket, then we know that what he is saying about feeling better is true.
2: So Devontae Adams wants to play for the Raiders uh, long-term. Are, are are we buying this, Armando, given how things are going right now with the the Raiders? You've got their owner getting in fights with fans <laughs> that are demanding to fire Josh McDaniels, the coach. Um, what do you think about Devontae Adams? L- long-term
3: Raider. But, you know, I guess it all boils down to how we define long-term. So mm-hmm. the NFL definition of long-term is next week, right? Yeah. That's long-term because guys that sign long-term contracts of five, six years, they end up getting released in year two. And we saw that this week with a couple of guys. Yeah. Guys that sign long term coaching deals like 10 years with the Raiders get up, get, you know, eventually have to either resign or are forced to resign after year in year three. So uh, let's define long term and agree that in the NFL, that's that, you know, it's a fluid definition all the way around.
1: Well, he's he's all on board with the Raiders. They have a potential out on his contract after next season and at that time he will be paid 67.7 million and then he can double dip and get another deal somewhere else. So he's saying all the right things. Saying all the, Is Jonathan Taylor doing the right things? Is is he playing the optics game, the perception game right now saying, "Hey, I wouldn't I'm here. I'm committed. Everyone here is committed." Is it about trying to work out a trade and proving to another team? that he's committed and healthy, or is he really going to play for Indianapolis past October 31st?
3: Aha! He didn't say the word committed. He never said the word committed. He said, I'm here. He said, I'm I'm here. And so that should suggest I don't have to say I'm committed if I'm here.
2: Yeah, he said something like, if I wasn't committed, I wouldn't be here, but I'm here. That's when they that right. saying, are you committed? And that's how he
3: answered it. Exactly. What what we have in Indianapolis is a, a peace treaty, a yeah. ceasefire. Jonathan Taylor wasn't winning that battle, and so he has done the smart thing. He's gotten some good advice and decided, I don't have a choice. I want to get paid, and I don't want to get put on some freakish NFL did not report isn't, you know, doing his work deal list. Yeah. So... I'm going to put a good face on it, slap some lipstick on it and make it look good, but deep down inside I think we all understand that the situation that GM Chris Ballard called said and admitted sucks. Doesn't suck as much right now, but it's not great. Jonathan Taylor would rather go somewhere else or get the contract that he was wanting. And he's not getting either at this point. So, hey, I'm here and I'm healthy. Let's roll.
1: Yeah, they they, they put him on the spot because they, they started that clock on purpose. The timing of it is right before the trade deadline, which he has to be happy with too. Uh, because I, I wouldn't want to trade for a player that's on PUP and I, I don't really know where his mindset is, playing for another team or not. Like, again, like, I understand why other teams reportedly aren't calling yet, but that he's practiced. Do you think he plays this weekend? Do you think they activate him? I, th-
3: I think I think he I think he plays. Wow. And um uh, he has said that he's ready uh and he's healthy. So I why not? But I would say to you that typically plays and plays to the amount that you normally expect is not going to happen because you got to work the guy in maybe yeah. you know 10 10 snaps, 11 snaps, that wouldn't hurt him.
1: Armando, uh, the Jets are going to beat Denver, aren't they?
3: That's interesting. If they're not, they're in trouble. Um, You know, you you bring this up. Is Aaron Rodgers really coming back this year? Is he?
2: No. Because – Probably
3: not. (laughs) I mean (laughs) – Every time he says I'm coming Uh back on the Pat McAfee show, I'm like, why? (laughs) for what yeah I mean to save your team that will have three wins when you come back and nine losses or ten losses what why and if they're not going in that direction that that game against Denver would be obviously one that they must win
1: I just can't wait to see what Sean Payton says post game
2: oh yeah (laughs) Nathaniel Hackett versus Sean Payton finally takes place on the
3: field Armando. Sean Payton actually has done good work with Russell Wilson. It's the rest of the team that's a mess. Yeah.
1: It's, it, you're right. You're right. It, and Chicago just lost to the team that lost by 50 the week prior. Hey, yeah. Allen
2: Williams is available if he needs yeah. a defensive coordinator. Maybe, he's, he's out there right or now. Or an interim
1: option. In, and yeah. uh, Could be your hire back for in Sean Chicago.
2: Hey, uh, Armando, go ahead real quick. <laughs>
3: Is his moments with the HR department? Is that meeting over? Hey, no is problems with that yet? Broncos
2: HR department. All my issues lie in Chicago with that HR department. This is at a NCAA. I am pace. fully clean with the Broncos HR department. I am good to go. I can I can get I can hold the Dolphins to fifty and not seventy. That that's his sales pitch to them. Armando, thanks so much, man. Good seeing you.
1: Armando's the best. <coughs> Armando, outstanding Salguero with this weekly.
2: Outstanding. I am the one that can hold the Dolphins below fifty. <laughs> I can get them to 50. I can promise you that. Not 70. Coming up, pick your poison. Terrible options.
1: We have to choose one. That's next on Hot Mike. Coming up in 20 minutes, one big thing on every NFL game. Hot Mike with,
2: hunting with our rolls on. Hunting quickly. Yep. If you want evidence that Taylor Swift is playing 3D chess while the rest of the world plays checkers, Get a load of this theory. This is at OutKick.com right now. I don't know who has this theory, but they're quoting a theory that someone's laid out in an article. Taylor Swift purposefully went to the Jets game. So now anyone Googling Taylor Swift Jet or Taylor Swift Jets will be shown her in the suite of the Jets game instead of stories about her private jet usage, which has been the source of, of complaints from people because of her CO2 emissions and her stance on being all for the planet, and then people criticize her for her private jet usage. And being at a Jets game would then erase that from Google, and this would be the top story. If you search Taylor Swift Jet or Taylor Swift Jets. How about that for a theory? Well, I don't think it's it's true. quite the theory. I don't think it's true, but if she's actually thinking in that level... And her PR team is like, you know, it would be really interesting. Well, you think they if we if we went to this game? Why well, go to Arrowhead first then? True, but if we went to the, if we made sure to go to this one, then it would erase that.
1: Uh, hey, A for effort. If she whoever
2: like, came up with that theory, all I want to say is A for effort
1: on that theory. It, what's the? Uh, is there a grill? What's the Viking? The Viking um, stove, like the. The, the restaurant stove, the Viking Viking range, the Viking range, yeah. Uh, it, maybe she goes to Minnesota this week because of that.
2: I thought when I first she started reading it, the story hunting that she's like going to have her own line of jets, and that they would like <laughs> redirect like people I mean, would search it and would redirect good. to her Swift selling air. jets, Swift Jets, Swifty Jets, Swifty Air, Kelsey Air. Hey, A for effort. Whoever came up with that theory, I don't buy it, but man, that is some three D chess right there.
1: Plenty of theories out there. Uh, well, you could pick your poison on theory that you have to buy into on why she's so prominent right now in the NFL, right? That could be, a, there are a lot of bad theories. Yeah. And this one, the the one about the, uh, the, the Tomahawk, the Tomahawk chop at, uh, at KC was,
2: oh, where she didn't do
1: it. She didn't do it. It was like, oh, that's because she's, she's with the four people that are standing outside with signs.
2: I was watching a, um, oh, Billions. I was watching a show the other night, and they mentioned the Tomahawk Chop and how evil it is, and it was on the TV show Billions. (laughs) Closest time I've ever come to shut that show off. I'm (laughs) like, what? Come on. Come on, people.
1: Davey Hudson is here with Pick Your Poison.
0: All right, guys. Today, a lot of NFL, a little bit of MLB. We'll see where we go. Okay. Pick Your Poison. For our first question, you're going to have three options. But the question is, your favorite NFL team has to sign a coach to a three-year deal, and that coach will have to complete that contract. The three coaches that are your options are Hugh Jackson, Matt Eberflus, Urban
2: Meyer. It's a, it's a great poisonous question because these are all just terrible. Um, now, third-party observer would be Urban Meyer because I want to see – I like to see things burn sometimes. It's your like, favorite like the team, Joker though. And, oh, you've got Batman. three great options I'm, I'm for that. I'm getting to my answer. Okay. Third party, <laughs> I just, I'd just i want to see it burn with Urban Meyer. But if it's my team, I think the one who would do the least amount of damage is Hugh Jackson. Would he win? Wow. Absolutely not. What Could he do the least amount of damage? Given his extensive history in the NFL, maybe. Give me Hugh Jackson. They're all bad options. Hutton?
1: At least uh, Matt Eberflus has won three games. Um We've seen Hugh Jackson go winless, and I wouldn't want to hire a coach with a he three-year contract. He did go perfect it, in reverse. He did, uh, which is extremely hard to pull Very off difficult. in the NFL. It, it He does not get enough credit. That team does not get enough credit for going winless.
2: It's as hard as winning every I game. I have told Jason Ford To McCordy lose every that. game.
1: Yes. Uh, it, it's nearly impossible to do. Uh, I'm going Matt Eberflus because uh, I hate the other two options that much that the three-year contract's going to Iberflus, and at least if the defense is adequate, and it should be based on what he did in Indy, I can bring my own offensive coordinator in and really have a head coach that's, by
0: title, the OC. Uh, Hugh did win three games in Cleveland. It just took three years to get there. So, three games over two seasons.
2: Hey, guys, (laughs) slow and steady wins the race, okay? Just lay off my guy.
0: Uh, all right, guys. So I'm actually going to be redeeming myself here. Uh, you were out for this, but I wanted to throw a start bench cut to Chad, and then okay. I forgot the third option the other day. Oh, okay. Davey blanked so, on the third yeah. option. I, I said but, Sam Howell, but that wasn't But know. now I, I remembered it, so we'll see if this changes your answer as well, Chad. But this stems from the 2021 uh, draft class, primarily looking at quarterback. But start bench cut, your options are Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. <laughs> I'm starting.
1: I'm starting Justin Fields.
2: Okay, that surprises me. Uh, I thought you were definitely going to start Mac Jones. That I'm, would be my guess for you. I'm, oh, really? Yeah. You think I love Mac Jones? No, I don't think you love Mac Jones. I just thought you'd take Mac Jones out of this group. Oh, it surprises I, me. I, I'm starting Justin Fields. Hunt and I and I'll just answer for each other. We'll just I, guess what the other one would say.
1: Uh, and I, it's just because I, I believe in this talent level that's not being. Uh, it's not flourishing right now in the current situation, but it, I, we always mention like, Oh, a, a, another, a, a fresh stop, a fresh team, uh, a, a new, a new franchise it would do wonders for a player. I think this is a great example of that type of guy. So I'm starting Justin Fields. I am benching, I am benching Zach Wilson right now and I'm cutting Mac Jones. Mm.
2: See, if I, Jones. if I can control the offense, like if this, if this was one, kind of like what you said about Justin Fields, if I could hire the offensive coordinator and offensive system, I'm absolutely starting Justin Fields. But yeah. it's such a misfit operation that what I'm seeing with the Bears, I mean, I got to cut, cut Justin Fields based on that team and how they're trying to utilize him. So I'm starting, this is shocking to hear, I am starting Zach Wilson. I am benching wow. Mac Jones. Zach Wilson, who says, really doesn't want to be there. I'm cutting Justin Fields. <laughs> that tough ass I, this is. He doesn't really want to be playing I, right I, I now. I said I had to ask him if you want to be here. I got to look him in the eyes and say, do you, not even do you want to be here, do you want to play quarterback in the NFL? Do you want yeah. to be our
0: starter? Mac Jones scored more points <laughs> for the defense last
2: week than he did his own offense. Mac Jones also is dirty. He's kinda, a dirty I player. I kind of like that, though. If he were playing
1: another position, he would be applauded for it.
2: I don't think anybody's applauded for reaching up and grabbing sack and doing that. Draymond Green's not applauded when he does stuff like there, that. He's applauded for there are NFL physical play down Features
1: low. on what happens at the bottom of a pile where these guys are like carried out, like you know, they're they're treated like Cleopatra and uh, it, it, as a pharaoh <laughs> because they you know grab some balls at the bottom of it's a. a it's
2: different. It's a different era. I don't think any quarterback's ever going to. It's the be, position, though. It's that the I don't position. Like. It's also. I don't. But I don't think that. He's, he's
1: kicked. You know he's.
2: Yeah, and I don't think in today's league, like it's it's the same way. Everybody's different now. Like, you, you hit somebody hard, great. It's football. Yeah, you can but, have three thrusts, not four. Well, uh, I, you can go and knee someone in the crotch, or you know, grab them in places they're not supposed uh, to. I don't think it's looked at the same you way. You guys
0: kind of talk about how in today's NFL, everyone's all buddy buddy. Mac Jones is the one guy that's not. He's just like taking shots at but, people. But left he also and right. he is. He's a punk about it.
2: Like if you're gonna do it and be like, yeah, I gave you a cup check. What are you gonna do about it, Sauce? And you want to fight? Like, okay, let's go, let's throw hands. But the dude is in there lying about it. Oh, I was un- completely unintentional. I, I don't know what the guy's talking about. Like, well, that, he, that's a punk.
1: By saying that, he didn't get fined, and he—he's a away.
2: punk. He is a punk, rich kid, loser. That's what Mac Jones is so far in his career, and he's dirty. Like. You want to punch me in the balls? Go ahead. I'm going to punch back. But don't do it and then say it was unintentional. Uh, Loser. All right, next.
0: All right, guys. uh, Going to the MLB. I've labeled this one so close yet so far away. Would you rather have your your team miss the MLB playoffs by one game, or they make the playoffs but they get swept by the largest run differential in MLB history?
2: You always. I'm. I'll I'll be very consistent on this forever. this This is something I've talked about for years. If the option is make the postseason or to not make the postseason, I don't care what happens in the postseason. The answer is always yes. You make the playoffs. Yes. Ask Matty Ice what it feels like as a Cubs fan to have your team gag away a playoff berth in a year they weren't supposed to be there late in the season get swept. By my mighty Atlanta Braves, costing them a chance to playoffs. You always want to go, whether it be a bowl game and you're a program that doesn't often go to a bowl game and if you get blown out in the bowl game. Yes. The NCAA tournament, I've heard this before. Would you rather win the NIT or lose the... You would rather go to the NCAA tournament because the team that's the last in the NCAA tournament, that's a better accomplishment than winning any other tournament. You always want to be in the postseason. Absolutely. I'd rather get there and lose in historic fashion. One one result as a diehard fan of any team that we're
1: going to reference in this situation one result has your team and the moment of a champagne celebration in the locker room one does not that's all that needs to happen there you, that's you part get of the too. moment you that's get a the good point. you get the evening you get the bragging rights you won your way in so you at least get that you know you, you get the uh you get to be a fan on the good end of things even though you're choosing what's going to be a Awful ending once you reach the postseason, and this
2: will come up on shows. Also, come March Madness, would you, final four in Madison Square Garden of the NIT, <laughs> or losing the first round of the NCAA tournament. We're we talking about Memphis. Is don't that... don't let anyone that's trying to rationalize yeah. their team not making the NCAA tournament tell you that the NIT is better. Playing in the NCAA tournament always greater than any accomplishment in the NIT. Why? Because every team in the NIT would rather play in the NCAA tournament. That is why. I could make a
0: very good argument against that, but I'll save it for another day. What is day. your argument? My Please, argument, tell me your okay, argument. In the situation, if you are trying to build a team and it's a young team, and they, let's say, let's, you get knocked off in the playing game for the NCAA tournament versus having a young core of guys go on and actually win in postseason play in the NIT, I would take that knowing next year that's actually going to serve them better than getting knocked there's out no, in the There's game. No,
2: first off, I don't believe in any carryover properties. No. From one season to the next, even for a team that wins a national title. But playing three more games in some crappy atmospheres in the NIT is not going to carry over to, what would that be, March until November when you
0: tip it up again. No. Agree to disagree. Finally, guys, uh, torture chamber music selection. You're held captive in a cell and the music is blasting for like, we'll say, four straight days. You get to pick the song that is constantly blaring. Your options are Sweet Caroline, Baby Shark, and What's New Pussycat by Tom Jones, which I kind of stole that one from a, a John Mulaney joke from back in the day.
1: I, I think you, uh, you've made it too easy of a, of a selection here for me. Sweet Caroline. It's too. Sweet
2: Caroline for me, too. That's actually yeah. a good song. Yeah. I like hearing that at Red Sox games. I, I, I don't know. It would be hard to place. I don't know What's New Pussycat by Tom Jones. Uh, that's a reference. That, <laughs> I'm, I'm the oldest one on this panel, and I could say that's a reference far too old for even me. Um, whatever the song is they play in Zero Dark Thirty, the heavy metal music, oh, yeah, that, the, the, the death metal stuff, you just pick a song, and if we could play it on air, that's the one I'm saying, hell no, that would make me lose my mind within five minutes. When they blare the German death metal to, to prisoners, I'm like, that's the thing that I, I'd rather you take my fingernails out. Then sit there and listen now, to that for hours I don't on want end. to
1: hear Sweet Caroline forever, but I prefer that way over Baby Shark or any other song that uh, Davey's heard in a M- Mulaney joke.
2: So there is a song stuck in my head right now, far worse than Baby Shark. You guys ready for this? Is it, is it blaring it's a song in your car all by, the time? Yes. It's a song by <laughs> Baby Yoda. It and it's Chad's like a joke, It's a joke truck. song. <laughs> parents out there, the only people that know this are parents. That'll hear this parents of young kids. It the song goes something like it's called Where My Chicky Nuggies Gone. And he, it's it's just Mac Jones has them. Get ready. It's baby Yoda over and over going, Mondo Mondo, where my chicken Nuggies gone. And then it just goes from there. And it's on repeat. For it how is long? the long? Wor- it is so bad, guys, but it is an absolute earworm. I think that it's a CIA plan to like infiltrate your brain. I cannot stop. Every time I see one of my daughters, I just go, Mando, Mando. And we go right into it over and over again. That's it on the screen right Chad now. Chad is
1: feeding the torture. Where's
2: my Chicky Nuggies gone? And it's Baby Yoda. It's supposed to be Baby Yoda singing. Oh. Where's my Chicky Nuggies gone? And Baby Yoda is accusing Mandalorian, Mando, Mando, of eating all of his Chicky Nuggies. Not grabbing the Nuggies. Or she. Is Baby Yoda he or she? I don't know. It. <laughs> Eating, eating its How chicken How dare you nuggets. assume.
1: <laughs> Don't be definitive.
2: They, okay. Don't you dare. Eating their chicken nuggets.
1: Davey, thank you. Definitive answers there. All Pick definitive. Poison. That's right. We've got one big thing on NFL games, Dave. Chicken
2: nuggets.